you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone, he alone deserves any uh, worship we can give him. He alone deserves us 100% all in. That's the Lord we serve. We found ourselves continuing on with the life of Christ. We, we find ourselves in John chapter 18 and verses 4 through 6 today. As we wrapped yesterday, we talked about betrayal. We looked at it as a word, but also as an action by Judas. We continue on with that. We're actually looking at whom seek ye. I think that's a great question. We're going to put a little spin on that. We we find it today. Now, with me, let me say hi real quick, is Kevin. He's still in Hamlet, still up there in North Carolina. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. I want you folks to know the next time you hear our voices, they'll be synced pretty well. I sit here because of some of the electronic voices and stuff that some of the microphones and things that Kevin use, and I try to turn up his volume and keep him pretty consistent with me, um, but it's so much easier when we're sitting back to back. And uh, I actually have a profile built in for him on the microphone over here. And it's so much better to use a microphone than it is to come with a telephone or electronic equipment. So we'll all be together real soon. Uh, but the Bible says, uh, and, and what made me think this is the scripture we're reading today, I'm just going to read the first verse. Jesus, therefore, as he, they came, they had their torches, they had their weapons, they, you know, they were a hunting party out there. And uh, knowing all these things that should come upon them, went forth and said unto them, said unto this, this group coming to get Christ, whom seek ye? I was thinking about that in our lives. Who do we seek in our lives? I, I remember the other day I was walking down the road in that old verse over in Matthew 633 came to my mind that we've all probably said a hundred times, hundred times, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And we remember he's talking about, remember the lilies and, and all the things the lilies can do that we can't do that God can do. If God can do junk with a flower, oh my goodness, if you seek him, what he can do in your life. Oh, God, can he can do a work in your life. And so seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek him and his righteousness. Don't get caught up on the worldly things. And Jeremiah says, and if ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Folks, we've got a job today. Who seek ye? Whom, whom seek ye? I want you to know this party going out there. They're, they're out there. They're seeking Christ, not for good reasons. But there's an example here that we need to walk away with. We need to be seeking Christ every day. Seek ye first. When that day, when you wake up in the morning, seek Christ. When you go to bed at night, seek Christ. When bad times come, seek Christ. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, Kevin, that's where I want to live. I want to live in the whom seek ye, I seek Christ. Mm. They that seek me early shall find me. And I get it, devotions time with God, quiet time with God, time to read the word, study the word. It's not always doesn't need to be first in the morning because of various situations. However, I think that the idea of seeking God, like you, like you're talking about Doug very well is, uh, I mean, it speaks to my heart is I'm at the point right now in my life. If I am awakened by an earthquake, 
God, hey, God help me. I want to, when I'm running out of my motor home or maybe it's safer inside of it. I don't know. It's kind of on, 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 on wheels. So maybe it's safer, but, but anyway, wherever I'm running from, whatever I've got to bolt out and do, I want to escape. Uh, and, and first of all, say, God, I give this day to you. I seek you. And, you know, the scripture says in Proverbs 2, verse 3, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. I personally am in a, it's my custom to open the scriptures in the morning, and I would highly recommend doing it this way. Set aside time, get up early enough to spend time, a half an hour, an hour, whatever, in scriptures, praying over what you read, and then praying from the burdens of your heart and from your prayer list. But it says, seek his her. It's all about what? Wisdom. Wisdom. God, I need wisdom for today. And I I cannot face this day's problems. What if I'm driving down the road and I have a flat tire? I need wisdom about how to, how to handle things, plus the protection. So God, pilot me, protect me, and provide for me. All of those three Ps, I want to keep those as, as a seeking thing. Lord, I'm opening your word. Give me, you know, give me a slice of pie to meet that need because I need you today and I'm seeking it. Yeah. One of the verses you covered that I like, that's great. We need to seek him over Jeremiah 29. Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And, and boy, there's some, there's some words we need to uh, listen to today. These are some words we need to grab a hold of. What is a heart in? I, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've half-heartedly sought Christ. I can't tell you how many times I've half-heartedly said, and dear God, help me. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've sent up a little prayer that is nothing more than a selfish act of uh, stupidity when, when God says, you know, come search for me, and, and you're going to find me, but you've got to do it with your heart. It's all your heart. Your heart is, you know, so often, you know, we're 12 inches away from getting things right. We're, we're in our head, but we're not in our heart. So often I'm studying the Bible or listening to the Bible or doing a devotion or whatever the case may be, and I'm not seeking them, Kevin. I, I, I'm just, I don't have it right, but when we get it right, when we stop what we're doing, when we put life on hold, when we say, this is, this, nothing else matters at this point. God, this is you and me, and I really need you, and it's real to you. And sometimes, folks, I've been there. I've been that guy that's been blubbering out to God saying, Lord, how did this happen? And I know in my mind how it happened. I didn't seek him. I know in my mind how it happened. Oh I wasn't all in with my heart. Kevin, haven't you felt that? I have. I'm, I'm sometimes just like that. In the book of Joshua, there's uh, Joshua and, and his advisors are confronted with a problem. It's the... Um, I forget the Sumonites, Gibeonites, and that that are local Canaanite people that were supposed to be cast out of their land, and um, they come and they say, "Hey, we've come from a long distance. Look, here's the evidence. Our, our shoes are worn out. We got old, moldy food, and we're actually from a long way off. Please help us uh, and let us just kind of live here, and we'll help you out." And uh, they entered a league with them, and it says, "And they asked not Joshua and the." 
godly people, but they ask not counsel at the mouth of the Lord, as I believe how it's put, or something close to that. And how often, Doug, have I been confronted with what looked like a good deal, looked like a good opportunity, looked like a good need of someone who 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 required my time and effort or love or whatever, and I did not seek wisdom as silver. I sought that with dazzle in my eyes, like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity, perfect situation. And it's not the perfect uh, situation. <laughs> we need to search for silver. I, have you ever done treasure hunting or used a metal detector? Go slow, hover over the ground, tune in, use the squelch knob, whatever, make it, make, you know, zero in. Let's zero in on God's will, Doug. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine one time who loaned me a detector, a metal detector. And, you know, back then you wore the case on your back and you hoovered it. I lived on Fort Belvoir. And I remember I wanted to go through my yard. Fort Belvoir has continuously been a base since the 1700s. The, the land means, the, the name Belvoir means beautiful view in French. And it was George Washington's property, and he gave it to the United States Army to be an engineer in school. And the transaction, I think the base opened on 1800, in 1800. So I remember I was going to go through the backyard, and, and uh, I just wanted to look around, and I dug up with a spoon a Civil War button. I remember that. I remember I took that button and I, I, I didn't want to clean it or anything. And I took it down to an antique shop and I said, sir, can you tell me what this button's worth? And he says, worth a lot to the man who lost that and had his jacket open. <laughs> but he said, <laughs> he took me over to a box. I'll never forget this. And the box was like your typical book box. Um, you know, like a moving box, like let's say two and a half feet by 18 inches or something. And he opened it up and that box was chuck full of civil war buttons, both, uh, <laughs> both Confederate and, uh, in the union. Uh, but, but I'll never forget just find seeking something. I found something. I found a spoon from the world war one. I, I, I found some things. I, but when you seek God, you don't find an old button that there's a box full. You find a one time confrontation every single time that changes your life. Yeah. When you see God, God you, you don't need that, uh, uh, that metal detector. Yeah. It's cool to have one. And folks, I'm not picking on anyone who has one. I kind of wish I had one sometimes, but I'm here to tell you, you can go out in some of those civil war battlefields and find bullets, find all kinds of things. But when you see God, you find the entire eternity. You find everything you need. We sure do love you folks. As you know, we got to take just a few seconds and let these radio stations do what they have to do. We'll be right back. will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So here we are. We find ourselves in the book of John, chapter 18, verses 4 through 6, as we continue on, whom seek ye, and we continue on what's going on with Christ. And in verse number 4, it says, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon as he had said unto them, I am he, 
they went backward and fell on the ground. And boy, we're going to talk about some of that. But Christ has that kind of power. He could have repelled them. He could have killed them. He could have sent them into a different uh, galaxy. I mean, he could have done whatever he wanted. Uh, but I think that Jesus' knowledge, you know, this is me, who you're looking for. I'm him. He pushed him backwards. His sovereignty showed right there. His divinity. He's God. We're not. He showed those those old crooks and thieves out to get him that Judas sold out to, and and just responded, "I am thee," and 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 just echoing God's self identification and and in Christ. I mean, it's the Bible. It's the living Word of God. There's Christ. There's there's our Lord and Savior. And uh, and, and you know his declaration of the I am. It just immediately points to his divine nature. And, and these people, if they were Jewish, if they studied the Old Testament, if they had been in mm-hmm. Exodus, they had seen that word before. They had seen those words used together, I am who I am. They had seen those things. They knew what he was talking about. And then uh, the reaction of them is they go backwards and fall to the ground when he identifies himself. And, and what a powerful presence. What a supernatural moment. And it, it's symbolic of who Christ is. And uh, it, it's symbolic. And I love, you know, whom seek ye? He, he came right up. He knew who they were seeking. In the presence of Judas there, Kevin, I, I, I got to be, I want to be in Judas's head a little bit. And we've all been wicked. We've all been there. We've all betrayed things. We've all done those things. But what a poignant moment where your Lord and Savior is standing in front of you. And you brought a group of people there to take him away, ultimately to kill him. And uh, what a poignant moment. And that just underscores the betrayal and those things going on, Kevin. It does. And Judas is stuck on stupid here. And and really, the whole crowd he brought, because remember, he weaponized the, uh, the institution of the temple guard. And again, we see that happening in our day. We, evil people at the helm are going to weaponize whatever institutions are at their disposal. And uh, the Pharisees did that here. But when Jesus, like you said, and I think Pastor Miller mentioned it a couple weeks ago, when uh, Pastor Miller was talking about the I am he, he mentioned this, the he is italicized, meaning it's supplied to, to keep in English what the thought was. Um, and I think it's a very good thing that he was just saying, I, I mean, he gave the answer, but the answer was packed with truth because it was, I am, that was the literal verbiage he was using. I am. And Moses heard God at the burning bush say, I am that I am. And when Jesus said that it was packed, it was laced with enough stuff to knock everyone there to the ground. When he he said, I am he, they went backward. And again, he was the italicized. They went backward and fell to the ground. They asked, he then asked he them again, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he answered, I have told you that I am he. So, you know, they got knocked down. They came back again. They were stuck on stupid. And how many times do people that are stirred up against a righteous cause, stirred up against God, stirred up against God's man, stirred up against the things of God, stirred up against right, you know, politically, whatever, when they 
when they make up their mind, they're going to stand against you. No amount of, uh, of activity of God, no amount of miraculous moving. It seems like no chastening, no nothing. I've, I remember I pastored a church, Doug, the very first thing I ever did in the ministry after an associate pastor. And I did all kinds of nursing home street preaching. I did all that kind of stuff. But as far as a position, um, I was given a pastorate in a church in Pennsylvania, a little church out in the county. And uh, uh, anyway, when I took that, that church, it was really a board, very much board run church. It was not uh, a, a good multiplicity at all. It was a bad multiplicity. And this church, um, the head of the board, oh my soul, was a woman who did not believe she was a sinner. I didn't know what I was getting into. It was the, the chairman of the board was a woman. And she was an old woman. She was in Athalia. I kid you not. And I, I, um, she stood with her hands on her hips after church one day. I'm glad she didn't have a frying pan. She would have flattened my skull, but, uh, she stood. And, uh, all I know is I was preaching the word of God. And I, I just felt led one day to preach against sowing discord among the brethren because of some of the stuff that was taking place. And her jaw, uh, was, was to the floor, uh, like Marley in a Christmas Carol and her eyes were as round as pie pans, like an alien. And she just stood there, uh, during the, I mean, sat there during the service, having announced to everyone that she's leaving and who's leaving with me. Uh, in the middle of the service, nobody left with her. She just sat there shocked, resentful, but she met me with arms on her hips, hands on her hips. And it was, it was almost comical, but, um, she, she was so stuck on stupid. She, after that, she had a horrible car accident. I went into the hospital and visited her as the pastor. I, no joke at all. She was two eyes and a slit for a mouth and, and, uh, two, uh, one or two holes for the nose wrapped up like a mummy. She was so smashed in this car accident. And I walked in and all I saw was eyes like pie pans down through the mummy uniform. And, uh, I don't want to make light of her d disaster, but it was just horrible that she had taken such a stand against the word of God in uh, wanting her way. Didn't believe she was a sinner. I asked her, have you accepted Christ as savior? And she, she's like, ah. and, um, Anyway, it was just, uh, it was sad that she was so, yeah. uh, she was banking on power that did not come people sitting in the pews and then went out and had this horrible car accident. She had a nosebleed that, uh, uh, also in a separate incident that would not stop for like three days. And, uh, but yet stuck on stupid and folks don't be surprised if your detractors, if your, uh, enemies that are stirred up by Satan are stuck on, as it were, stupid, Doug, you call it right knuckleheads. Um, let, let's, let's keep it in perspective. If Jesus went through this being perfect, we who were, who are less wise and less loving and less truthful than him we're going to have it come the same way to us. And when it happens, it's a shock of a lifetime and it'll leave you traumatized. But if you let it, I can testify, you'll come out of it better. And God will use the setback to set you forward. Yeah. And, you know, they go out looking for a peasant who they're told is a liar. Uh, so, you know, they band together and we're going to get somebody who's lying, who's misrepresenting himself, yep. who's doing these things. 
and, and he says, I am, and they fly backwards. You know, he, he makes no action. The Bible right here is not saying that he threw them backwards. They just realize this is God. And, you know, thankfully to them, he submitted on his own case. He went and found them at the Garden of Gethsemane. He went toward them. He could sense he knows everything. He's omnipresent. He, he's there. He's among them. You know, he's omnipotent, all-knowing. Uh, you know, omniscient, I'm sorry, yep. all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful. But you get the idea. He knew what was coming. Yeah. He, he knew they were coming. He knew what they were thinking. He knew who they were. And Christ goes out and meet, meets them and says, who seek ye? And uh, they said, Jesus, and boom. And they said, wow, this isn't a peasant. This is God Almighty. And we're going to see yep. more and more of that as we move forward. So, folks, you don't want to miss this. Make sure you come back Monday. We're going to be hopping right back into this. We're going to be sitting right here doing these together, and it's going to be clear. You want to be part of it. We're praying for you. Have a great day. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.